BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome to Dr. Gina Primetime. I'm Dr. Gina, and tonight we have my sit-down with Laura Trump that I just completed here in the studio, and you will see how much the Trump campaign and the Trump family is willing to fight to stop this deal. And we will also show you part of John Solomon's interview with White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro. But first, let's go around the world to our Real American Vo Real America's Voice hosts and correspondents on the ground where the news is happening fast. First, over to Carrie Sheffield, who is our eyes and ears on the ground in Washington, D.C. Carrie, what do you have for us tonight? Hey there, Dr. Gina. Merry Christmas. And don't take that Christmas for granted. According to a new Democratic memo from Democrats, they are arguing that, quote, the rise of white Christian nationalism is a national security threat. In the document, the group argues that Trump has, quote, empowered the religious right in ways no other administration has before, making significant advances in enacting their Christian nationalist agenda. The proposal in this memo outlines recommendations for reversing certain policies and, quote, proactively implementing new rules that would, quote, restore secularism to federal governance and disentangle entrenched religious interests from federal policy. Now, I asked some Christian leaders about this memo. Eric Metaxas, for example, said he found this to be laughable. We talked about also the fact that even a liberal outlet like The Atlantic reported that it is actually secular conservatives who are far more intolerant than religious conservatives when it comes to issues of race, issues of gender, and also issues of welcoming immigrants, that secular conservatives are actually far more intolerant. Eric said that he's noticed on Twitter, for example, when he sees an anti-Semite who says they're conservative, they are not Christian, they are not religious in any respect of that word. I also spoke uh, with a leader who trains young people at Summit Ministries, and he said he thinks that this is just simply untrue because it, he looked, for example, at a website of the top 25 top countries to visit if you're gay and it's safe for gay travelers and guess what they are all judeo-christian founded countries so dr gina back to you i'm sure you'll have a lot to say about this yeah well you're absolutely right carrie that doesn't really actually surprise me at all this is exactly what i've noticed over the years and that's because there's a basis of grace and forgiveness in christianity that is sort of lost on our culture and uh and so that's where i think a lot of that comes into play but that was was amazingly interesting and uh, so absolutely timely here with Christmas happening. And Merry Christmas to you too, Carrie. Now I went ahead over to Jerusalem where Gal Kalev has a Christmas report from the Holy Land. Gal, go ahead. Thanks, Gina. Merry Christmas. Uh, Christmas is going to be a little bit different this year here in Jerusalem. We're not going to have the tourists and visitors that normally come here this time of the year. Uh, and maybe that puts more of the onerous on us, the locals, to be even more appreciative of this great miracle we have to live in Jerusalem. Uh, I've been living here for a few years, Gina, and I uh, say that I'm dreading the day that I'll be walking by the walls of Jerusalem and not get emotionally excited. Uh, and I'm assured by veteran Jerusalemites that that day will never happen. Uh, it is um, such a blessing to be living here in Jerusalem. And something changed here in Jerusalem a few years ago. And that is that President Trump recognized that Jerusalem is indeed the capital of Israel and subsequently moved the American embassy to Jerusalem 
Israelis on the left and the right alike are grateful to President Trump and to the American people for doing this, and this helped pave the path towards peace between us and our Arab neighbors. Uh, so I think Christmas of 2020 in Jerusalem is going to be different in two ways. Uh, on the one hand, we're not going to have the wonderful tourists coming in, but on the other, we leave here with greater confidence that it is recognized that we are here to stay. Uh, so I want to wish you, Gina, and your family, and your wonderful colleagues, and your great audience, all a Merry Christmas, and to send you blessings from Jerusalem, and I hope to see you all here soon in Jerusalem. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, to Gaul, and to everyone there in Jerusalem and in Israel uh, today. And yes, we sure are thankful for the changes that President Trump made uh, over there. It's just a, a life-changing, really, for probably the rest of history. Um, now I want to go to Virginia, where the amazing John Fredericks, who has spent weeks uh, out in Georgia uh, watching that Senate runoff, um, and he's been collecting news and data for us, and he's with us right now. John, welcome back to the show. Merry Christmas. John, uh, you haven't brought us as much good news from Georgia's lately, Georgia lately. I hope you can change that for us tonight. What are you seeing in this fight for control of the U.S. Senate? The truth will set you free, so I don't spin anything. But Dr. Gina, first, before I get to the bad news tonight about Georgia, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. And your great team you in Denver, too. they're doing a fabulous job. Great people. Also, let me give a special shout out to Rob Sig, your CEO, who really risked his capital to put this network together because he had a vision and believed in something. And uh, it's one of the most important networks in the new media disruption. And I thank him for that. Okay, here's yeah, the best boss I ever had, that's for sure. Go ahead. You know what? It's, you put your money where your mouth is. He had a vision and he wants to bring the truth to the people, and he risked a lot to do it. Dr. Gina, yeah. let me just start out. Here's the reality in Georgia. There was a hearing today put on by the House Oversight Committee. It was a complete clown show. It was a sham. They checked the box. They had Brad Raffensperger on, the Secretary of State. There were softball questions. All they wanted to do was say, hey, we had a hearing. We asked tough questions. Things like, would you like a hot cup of coffee or a cold soft drink? Basically, it solved nothing, no action, do nothing, went home for Christmas. But here's the deal. It's over. This kind of th stuff that's been done in politics, Dr. Gina, for 50 years can no longer be done. 200,000 people tuned in to this video in this hearing in Georgia, which was a complete joke. It was a clown car. People are done with it. A lot of these people are going to get voted out. They're done. They want action. They want something to happen. Latest polls came out today, both Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, the two Republicans, down by seven, just what we predicted two weeks ago on the show, based on our callers. Not only that, you add two points in for the steal and the fraud, they're down by nine. This is a desperate situation. These Democrats are gonna win, except if they do something right now. Kemp's not gonna call a special session. Either is the Speaker of the House, Ralston, or Butch Miller, who is the majority leader. The only thing now to do to win is they have to stand with the president, get a big turnout on game day, because early voting they're losing, mail-in ballots they're losing, new registered voters they're losing. They're losing everything. All they can do is win it on game day. How do they do that? Two things. Number one, Kelly Loeffler has to say in the next day or two, you vote me in, 
I will go to the I will go to Congress in Washington on January 6th, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote with Congressman Jody Heiss. I'm going to vote to decertify the election in Georgia. I'm going to vote to get rid of those 16 electors for Biden because I've seen enough. The fraud is too rampant. I can't certify it. She does that, she'll get the turnout sheet wins. The other thing they could both do is say they're going to call for a special prosecutor immediately to investigate this election and vote that they cannot get fired the way the Democrats asked for Mullen. Short of that, Chuck Schumer is going to control the Senate come January if they don't act now. I mean, if, if the Democrats control the Senate, there goes SCOTUS, there goes our Second Amendment, there goes our First Amendment, there goes national security. Here comes the Iran deal, um, largest sponsor of of uh, state terror. We've also got health care that will most certainly be completely socialized. Do we ever, if, if this happens, I mean, let's say the president wins the fight of Stop the Steal, but if we've lost the Senate, do we ever recuperate from that? No. In fact, if Trump were to get inaugurated and these two Democratic senators win, 90 days he'll get impeached. So it makes no sense. But this isn't about now editorial comment or content. What this is about now is the reality that's on the field. This is a basketball game. We're down by eight. We got two and a half minutes to go. I don't want to debate what we should have done in three quarters, what Trump should have done or somebody should have done. You got, you got two and a half minutes to go. You're taking the ball out of bounds. Here's what you need to do. Motivate the Trump voters who are depressed and pissed. You're not going to get a special session. You're not going to get Kemp to do anything. You're not going to get that. So what you have to do, Kelly Lopper has to get on TV, look the voters in the eye, and say, you vote for me, and I'll decertify Georgia. doesn't matter what Wisconsin's going to do or Michigan's going to do. It's about getting the 10 or 15% of Trump voters out in the movement that are right now depressed, that don't believe that Lafleur or Purdue are standing behind the president. We can debate this until the cows come home. January 5th is, is game day. We gotta get this done. Is there any avenue of success on January 6th, the big day, if there is not a dual Senate victory in Georgia? No, none, zero. So they have to win these two seats, but in order to win them, when you're down by seven, you have to get the Trump voters out. And this is what the consultant class in Washington, D.C., Carl Rowe and company, getting millions of dollars to buy more yachts, this is what they fail to see. They say, oh, if you say that, you're going to lose suburban moms in Gwinnett County or Cobb County. You've already lost them. They've already voted. All you have to do now is get your base out. And that is the Trump voters have to get motivated. They have to get out. They have to believe in something. Because right now they believe, based on a 1,000 phone calls I've got, 25 cities in six weeks in Georgia. Here's what they believe. You stole the election. You didn't do anything. My vote doesn't matter. You don't stand behind the president. Screw you. I'm going to burn the house down. That's what they're saying. Now, you can fight it. Newt Gingrich from the Vatican can send out seven emails. Nobody cares what he says, right? He's a relic. You've got to understand what's going on here. Dr. Gina, there is a major disruption of media and politics. The Trump voters, they're done. They understand it now. 
I want you to grasp, I want your viewers to grasp this. 200,000 people today tuned in to a meaningless hearing on Zoom in Georgia the day before Christmas Eve at 10 o'clock. Who gives a rat's right. tail? They tuned in, Dr. Gina, because they're motivated, they're engaged, and they're no longer going to be taken for, for granted. And they run the show. That's what's happened. And if you don't recognize that, you're going to lose. We had a major supporter of, of Governor Kemp today, a guy by the name of Representative David Clark. One of the biggest supporters of Kemp in the primary ran Veterans for Kemp, came out today and said, I'm done. Whoever runs against Kemp in the primary, I don't care if it's Mickey Mouse, I'm for Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I'm done with them. I'm going to recruit somebody else. Oh, I think, else. I think there are a lot of patriots supporters. that feel that way. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that feel that way. We have to leave it there. Thank you so much, John Fredericks. And coming up, my sit down with Laura Trump is up, so you're not going to want to miss it. Stay right where you are. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, earlier today, I had the opportunity to sit down with Laura Trump right here in our West Palm Beach studios. We covered a whole host of topics. Here is that interview. Laura, so great to have you um, in our studio here at Real America's Voice. Um, I want to make sure, because some of the things we're going to talk about right now. Um, we're going to talk about in depth, actually, on the right view. And yes. so I want to make sure people can watch our social media for that um, at Real AM Voice on Twitter, Real America's Voice on the rest of them. Or you can just look for my Twitter um, at Real Dr. Gina, and I'm sure Laura will post something too. But Laura Trump, senior advisor, of course, to the Trump campaign, and his own daughter in law, and one of my good, good friends. Um, I guess just status update for yeah. starters. Like, where are we? And the question I get hundreds of texts a day, <laughs> is there still hope? Oh my gosh, there is still so much hope. I get that, I get that every day. People, people want to know, they want the assurance because the media lies. Well, the media lies and the media has been lying from the beginning. They've been trying to sweep this election under the rug. They don't want you to ask questions. They want you to move along. They want you to just take it and just keep going that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. They've had the president-elect sign behind him now for several weeks. But this fight, Gina, is far from over. I want to make sure everyone knows that. I still am a campaign senior advisor because the campaign is still active. Still happening. Donald Trump is still fighting. In fact, every time I talk to the president, he is so engaged in this fight. And we know he's from Queens. He is a fighter from birth and he's continuing to fight. Um, so the status right now is that we still have legal challenges out in several states. The Constitution was violated, at least in the states of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin. It very clearly states within the Constitution that it is up to the state legislatures to determine the time, place, and manner in which elections are conducted. And in all four of those states, and possibly more, that did not happen. It was the secretaries of state or uh, election boards that decided because of COVID as their excuse to change the way time and place that people voted. So we have those legal challenges out, but I think the date of ultimate significance is January 6th. That is when Congress meets to certify this election. 
And we know that the president has heard from many members of Congress that they are not going to cast a vote for Joe Biden. They are not going to go right along with things as the media would like us to, as Hollywood would like us to, big tech, social media giants. We know that they have all been in the bag for Joe Biden from day one. Um, so I think what we're going to see happen on January 6th is that it, it could get a little messy in Congress. But um, we, we have to wait and see what ultimately happens there. I still have a lot of confidence. We know Donald Trump won this election. Um, they make it a little harder on all of us from, from day one. They always have. Always. We're still in this fight. Keep the faith. Keep fighting. Keep praying. It is not over. So the thing that I've noticed about what something that has cropped up, at least in our courts, it seems like, um, is this burden of proof proof falling on the victims. We've seen this with the COVID shutdowns, you know, the, the all the business owners going through all this craziness. Yeah. Um, we've also seen it, though, um, in, in the court case, because I don't understand why it's not incumbent upon the clerks, and I know you're not a lawyer either, but I don't understand why it's not incumbent upon the court clerks to prove that they didn't, that, you know, that they did the signature uh, checking, that they did the, um, you know, the tracing of where the custody of the ballots has been, um, that the dead people didn't vote. Why don't they have to prove that instead of our team of attorneys constantly seeming to have to somehow prove that we have the evidence that we didn't have access to because we were blocked right. from having access to it? I mean, how can you force the victim to have the burden of proof and then tell them they can't? Oh, based on evidence that they can't get access to. Yeah. It just seems so unfair, and it doesn't seem American. It, it seems very un-American, and I think a lot of people feel like the judicial branch, branch by and large, has let them down. Um, I really do think that the court case that the state of Texas, Ken Paxton, brought forward should have been heard by the Supreme Court. Oh, yes. They decided not to do that. I think a lot of people find that very confusing. But you bring up great points. The signature verification, um, the, the fact that our poll watchers were not even allowed to go anywhere near these ballots to verify anything. And I think it gets down to a core issue, which is why is it that our elections are, are conducted so differently across the country? These are state-run elections. But whatever happened, Dr. Gina, to there being one day, election day, yes. to vote. Whatever happened to the idea that you should be a legal citizen and you should have to prove that with some form of identification. I think this election right now, really it's a red flag and, and people need to wake up and pay attention and they need to demand over the next four years before we have another presidential election in 2024 that the states rectify these issues. We can never have another situation like we have found ourselves in in 2020. My gosh, what a year this has been. And then to have at the end sort of this messy uh, election. And we knew this would happen. We knew when they decided to do this universal vote by mail 90 days before a presidential election, they changed the rules in all of these states. We knew that this was going to be a mess. We knew it was going to be a disaster. And here we are. We still don't have the final results of this election. Um, but but I think a lot of people are very confused. But look, the, the fight is not over. And, and no matter what happens with this election, we need to work over the next four years at, state by state to make sure that we clean up this mess and that we never find ourselves in a situation like this again. I'm going to ask you about the COVID stimulus bill. It had uh, $600 per American in it. Had a lot of money for foreign governments. Something 
you and I also are extremely passionate about is animals, and it had um, millions of dollars for horse racing in there um, for the state of Kentucky, of course, big horse races, McConnell, these Christmas tree bills, as my husband explained <laughs> to me when he was in the Senate, are Christmas tree, they're called Christmas tree because they happen around Christmas, and also because there are gifts underneath them for all of the key players they need to force the bill through, and that's exactly why it was some 5,000 to 6,000 pages, I'm not even sure the exact number. What's going to happen with that? Well, the president is not happy with it. I mean, the reality is Nancy Pelosi had an opportunity in October to sign a bill to help the American people for a lot more money than $600. And I think uh, I'm old enough to remember when she called it crumbs, the tax cuts uh, that uh, at least every American got around right. $1,000 back in these tax cuts mm -hmm. from the president. Remember, those were crumbs. Right. Now she thinks $600 we should all be you know, applauding her over. Um, the president said... Wouldn't afford one of her refrigerators. But oh, go my ahead. gosh, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, but the president said that he is not happy with the $600. He wants $2,000 or, or $4,000 for a couple. He is sending this back to them. He says, I'm not going to sign this, especially when you see such outrageous wastes of money in there. Whenever you have $10 million for the gender studies in Pakistan, whenever you, you have crazy, crazy amounts of money for things outside of this country, how is that helping Americans get through this pandemic? How is that helping us get over this crisis? It's not. And you're right. It is gifts to the, the, the congressmen and women, to these senators. And it does beg the question, why are they giving so much money outside of America? Um, I think a lot of people have questions about this. The great news is our president is always putting America and Americans first. He said, I am not happy with this. He's sending it back. He wants more money for Americans. So we'll see what happens. I hope so. They should just give him a clean bill. They should just give him a clean bill. If, if they really cared about the American yeah. people and COVID relief, they would just give the president the clean bill that he's requested. Moving on to the Georgia race uh, really quickly, Laura. Um, you know, so much is at risk. Family security, national security, border security, health care, um, not to mention our economy in this great economy. I, I, I say, you know, people should read through the list of promises kept, um, promises to kept.com. Um, if they, I think it is promises kept.com. Promises kept.com. And if you want to see what's going to be erased if we don't take the Senate um, in Georgia, then you can, you can see it right there. But um, what is your prediction on that? And I think, too, I want you to speak to. People want to know that their vote is not going to be stolen again. I mean, why get up and vote? Even if you love the president and you have his back and you want to go vote just for that reason alone, if you think your vote's going to be stolen, yeah. what measures are being put in place on that that you know of? Well, look, I just want to be very clear. Everyone needs to get out and vote. Do not be dissuaded by the mess of the presidential election. We have, have taken a lot of measures at the Trump campaign. Uh, the, the Republican Party, by and large, has put in a lot of checks and balances. And by the way, Gina, now they know we're actually watching. Before, who was really paying that close attention, by the way, to the state of Georgia? Now people are watching. Now people are paying attention. I think they know they have to be on their best behavior with this one. But it is so vital that we maintain these Senate seats because what we know is that if Chuck Schumer gets control of the Senate, he has been very clear. We've all seen the video of him saying, first we take Georgia, then we take America. I mean, I don't want Chuck Schumer in charge. He has told us he wants to make, chilling. yeah, D.C. and Puerto Rico states. He wants to abolish the Electoral College. He wants to pack the courts. No Republican would ever have a chance at winning the presidency ever again if, if Chuck Schumer gets his way and this is allowed to happen. So if you live in the state of Georgia, either get out and vote early or make sure on January 5th you get out and cast a vote for the Republican candidates. It is absolutely vital. And, and I know there are those that say, oh, don't do it. You know, we can't trust the voting. 
you have to do it. You absolutely have to. It's not just about the state of Georgia. It's about the future of America. And it's really not about the candidates. It's no. really about the republic yeah Literally it absolutely the republic. is and it's not that small the iran deal i mean i could just think of a million reasons okay last question um i just want to talk to you a little bit about christmas i think of you know there are so many families that are hurting so badly right now yeah. um i myself have lost two small business owner friends of mine to suicide um many of us have lost friends um you know to covid um and i know the president has as well i just want you to have a chance to speak to those who uh, Christmas isn't going to feel that good this year. Yeah. And tell them, tell them from your heart, you know, um, what your thoughts are on this Christmas season. Well, I just want to send a, a Merry Christmas, first of all, to everyone. And, and prayers go out to everyone in, in America. I mean, my gosh, this has been the most challenging year, at least in my lifetime, for sure. Um, and, and I know that it's been especially hard for small business owners. My parents happen to be small business owners. I have so many friends who are small business owners and gosh, in the state of New York, just to stay afloat right now is, is really, really challenging. And it's not just that they're thinking about their business, they're thinking about all their employees yeah. and people that rely on them. Um, so I understand that it is, it's a very tough time. There are a lot of people that are not able to be with family this year because of COVID. Um, but listen, stay strong. I, I can guarantee you the president has your back. And, and again, they're, they're trying to, the media is trying to do a number on America. No matter what happens with this election, Donald Trump will be president for eight long years. I can guarantee you he will continue fighting the movement remains behind Donald Trump. This country is a better place because of this president. It will continue in that direction, but we all have to stay strong as Americans. And you know, something that I, I really want to encourage people is if you are able to get together with family, make it a positive time. You know, yes. maybe don't talk about politics. Maybe not. <laughs> because it would just be nice to, to have some quality time with family. I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be able to be with my parents, brother, my kids, and my husband um, on Christmas. So look, this is, it's a, a time of year that I think we all take to reflect back on the year that was and the year ahead. It's been a challenging year, but gosh, we got through it. We got through it as, as a country together. We have a vaccine that is now out that hopefully is going to make life a lot easier for people. So stay strong out there. You are in our thoughts and prayers from the Trump family. I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody uh, and really all the best for a great 2021. All right. Merry Christmas to you thank and your you. family, Me Laura. Too. Thank you so much for being with us today. You got it. And I want to thank Laura Trump again for the time she took out of her busy Christmas schedule to do this interview with us. Coming up now, John Solomon from our partners over at JustTheNews.com. Well, he sat down with White House Economic Advisor Pito Navarro, and you will not want to miss this. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. John Solomon from our partners over at just the News sat down with White House Economic Advisor Peter Navarro. Here is some of that interview. Watch. All right, everybody, welcome to this special news report from Real America's Voice and Just the News. And if we're going to have a special report, we better have a special guest. And we've done that tonight. We have with us one of the most important advisors to President Trump, Peter Navarro. Peter, welcome to the show. 
John. Great honor. I admire your work. Uh, you're one of the few people in the swamp here who actually tells <laughs> it right and does their homework, which Thank is you. important. Yeah, we're lucky to have such a great team here at Real America's Voice and Justin News yeah. to back it up, so it's great. So you are a vice president on trade and manufacturing policy, been an instrumental voice on China, but you did something in your private time that I think has really served the public. We really want to focus on that, and it's got a great title. I started as a sports writer, so I remember the Immaculate Reception with Franco right, Harris. Right, indeed. But the Immaculate Deception is yeah. the name of your private report where you zeroed in on all of the things that have come to light about election regularities. Tell us what motivated you to do it first. All right, let's, uh, let's go back to midnight um, on election day. Right. Uh, I'm watching as everybody else is watching, and I see President Donald J. Trump have an insurmountable lead That's right. in four of the battlegrounds. It's Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Right. Just big, big leads. That's right. Um, I also knew, because uh, talking to the campaign, that even though we were down by small margins um, in Arizona and Nevada, um, the pattern of voting was clear that, that we would, we would almost certainly take Arizona and we had a good shot at Nevada. Okay? Right. Oh, good. We got this. Dead of night, uh, bad things start happening. The, the Trump red tide all of a sudden turns Biden blue. Right. And what we see is these large margins uh, curiously disintegrate into what are very small margins across these six battleground states. Yeah. And I looked at that and it just didn't smell right. My day job at the White House, I'm working on all sorts of good stuff for the people of America, the yeah, workers of America. So a week or so goes by, and I'm watching what's going on. I'm watching the coverage. I'm seeing uh, allegations uh, of fraud, misdeeds, whatever. Uh, I'm seeing the anti-Trump mainstream media, Times, The Post, uh, CNN, MSNBC. They won't, they won't look at this stuff. It's right. like, eh, nothing to see there. Or, yeah, yeah well, there might have been a little problem, but not enough to turn the election. That's, that was their thing. Right. And, and what's gratifying to me is that uh, there's this alternative source of news. Uh, Bannon's War Room, Raheem Kassam's The Pulse, right. John Solomon, <laughs> Just the News, yeah. Real American News Network. Um, is really laying down the receipts, really, really raising troubling questions. So uh, I, I did my Harvard thing. I'm a Harvard researcher. I got a Ph.D. in economics right. from Harvard. Uh, did a lot of legal uh, research because I was a regulatory economist. So uh, what I did was I spent about 10 days locked behind closed doors looking at thousands of documents, thousands of pages, uh, look at photos, videos, public testimony. Uh, and what I saw was this. Here, here's, here's our basic top line. You have a Democrat Party which uh, developed a coordinated and conscious strategy to stuff the ballot box across these six battleground states with mail-in and absentee ballots. Uh, and they did it often by bending the law and sometimes breaking it. And this is, it goes way beyond fraud. What I did was distill this, this grand strategy of the Democrats to effectively steal the election from Donald Trump um, into one matrix. It's like yeah. one, one picture tells it all, really. 
Uh, and what you have across the top of the battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, right. Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Wisconsin right? right. Yep. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Down, down the first column, it's the six dimensions of election irregularities. Yeah, the first one is outright fraud. Right. That's stuff like bribery where the, you know, in Nevada, right. <laughs> they're giving cash cards to Indian voters. To right. Indian Indian voters, voters. Right. I yeah. mean, that's a felony. People yeah. should go to jail yeah, no, for that. I mean, that's, that's flat out fraud. The, right. the, uh, the couple more cases would be um, fake ballot manufacturing at a large scale. So right. we're still wondering what happened at that State Farm Arena in Georgia in the dead of night. Uh, we don't have good answers for that. Yeah, We're still we looking for that tractor trailer that went from New York to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania so that, right. that's kind of fr that's fraud, right? right? Right. So then you go to the next category. This is ballot mishandling. Um, one example of that would be what's called the naked ballot. Right. That's where a ballot comes in without an envelope, out of envelope. So you, right. there's no signature. You can't check it. Don't count it. Right. Well, a lot of those. Oh, we, um, saw, we talked to election observers. We saw many of those being counted. Saying, What's lot, up with that? Right? A lot of them got counted. Yeah, no doubt. Um, third category, big category here, process files. In other words, the government uh, election officials would operate contrary to the way the law or the regulations dictate. So, right. for example, the consent decree in Georgia effectively wiped out any signature match. Yeah. Uh, illegal against the state law, bend the rules, and that alone, the, the amount of additional ballots that came in in absentee uh, that, that weren't checked for signature match, that alone was enough to wipe out the 12,000 vote uh, by alleged victory margin right. he has. So you right. got that. The fourth dimension is um, what we call uh, violations of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. This is, John, this is when you treat a Republican voter, right. different from a Democrat voter, right. or a Republican poll watcher, different. So if you go into Wayne County, Thugland, this is Detroit, these are right. where the thug, these are first among equals in terms of observer abuses, <laughs> yep. harassment, right. intimidation, yeah, we throw people, people out, ignore subpoenas, put, put board the windows uh, up. Put, right. Board the windows yeah. up. You know, that's, that's, that's a pure. And then also um, in Pennsylvania, you had had a, a different uh, standard for ballot curing. So you were, the Democrats are curing their ballots, yep. the Republicans well, aren't, are, right? right? So you get that. Voting machine irregularities, that's like the Dominion and Antrim County, right. where, where, where they flip the Republican yeah. County. Literally. But you also had in, in Arizona and Nevada, these two other, Novus and Agilis, uh, there, there were some really significant issues here. And then finally, you have these statistical anomalies, yeah. like uh, in Michigan. I just right. did an update to the Michigan report. 396,000 ballots possibly illegal. That's more than twice the Biden victory margin. Right. Um, but, but what you saw in Michigan was a, a, a drop in the middle of the night of 200,000 Biden ballots came in in the middle of the night. It's at 3 in the morning and at 6 in the morning right. versus only 10,000 for Trump. That basically wiped out the Trump. Just yeah. just right there. Yep. Right. So that, that's the matrix. One matrix is worth a thousand elections stolen. Um, and we'll, we'll get into the more granularity of it. But that's kind of the big picture. Yeah, it's a reminder. And the minute we have before we go to a quick commercial break, um, 
you talked about the Democrats having a strategy. I was on a phone call the just before election uh, night where the Democrats said, listen, Trump's going to come in big and then it's going to go in reverse. And we're like, how do they know that's going to happen? Yeah. Do you really believe that there was a plot behind this, that this was orchestrated? Yeah, this is not tinfoil conspiracy stuff. This is more like Ed Rollins, Brass Knuckles, Lee, At uh, Lee Atwater yeah. stuff. But politics. the difference is they broke the law. They bent and broke the law. And in doing so, they're not just just stealing a presidency from Donald Trump. They're destroying the American democracy. Yeah, because too many people right now do not believe this was a fair election. We're yeah, supposed to be the polling, greatest democracy in the world. Polling shows that you, You've got to have fair elections. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about how we get out of this mess, how we fix it. And stick around for more of the interview with Peter Navarro because there's more Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Here is more of John Solomon's interview with White House economics advisor Peter Navarro. All right, folks, welcome back from the break. And we're still here with Peter Navarro, one of the most important advisors to the president, but also a person who took all these disparate um, allegations and irregularities that have now surfaced in the election and made it understandable, put them into six buckets. We just went over that with him. Now we're going to talk about how do we fix what we found? Where do we go from here? Peter, you, you did a great job boiling that down. It makes sense. And now nice. the question is, how do we solve this? First, what does President Trump between, do between now and January 6th to fight for his presidency? Five out of the six battleground states, John, that I described, surprisingly have Republican legislatures, yeah. both chambers. Right. So one of the pressure points clearly is for these Republicans to stand up for the president and decertify those electors or at least call for an investigation as quickly as possible. Right. Now, if you look at Arizona, for example, Governor Ducey, I mean, that guy, that guy has just let this country down. He's let the people of Arizona down. Um, the legislature out there, it's, it's a thin margin for it the is. Republicans. Yeah. But there has to be an understanding here what the bigger stakes are. And the other thing that, that I'm trying to do with the Immaculate Deception Report is, is to basically point out that these states are not alone. They, they're like, this is happening in, in five other states, right. okay? Yep. And so, so once you know that, you have a greater obligation. Yeah, strength in to, numbers. To, yes, to, because you're part of what essentially a Democrat party, I, I don't want to call it a conspiracy, there are no, but it's a coordinated strategy. So that's one pressure point. We have the courts, um, which have let us down. I mean, the Supreme Court should have held uh, that Texas case. They should have. They should have listened to that. Um, again, you know, it's like pressure. The people of this country need to, need to put more pressure on, and that's why shows like this are so important to raise consciousness about. It. So you got a, a state legislature solution, and then finally, at the Congress level, 
they're going to be an opportunity to stand up and be counted there on, I think it's January 6th. Right. But I think that uh, Georgia, cesspool, as I said earlier, uh, we got to move that election to February because everything that wow. I describe so in my chart, you, you look at the chart, race, you yeah. look at that matrix, right. every single check mark for yeah. those six dimensions, it, it is Georgia. a cesspool. Yeah. And they are they are doubling down on everything they did wrong in the first thing. So we've got to move that. Uh, I'd love to see some of these voting machines um, basically seized mm -hmm. before they're wiped clean so that we can figure this stuff out. I mean, I've, there, there's see a lot of this stuff now uh, you're hearing firsthand accounts or anecdotes, whatever, where you put a bunch of ballots through this machine over here three times and you get three different answers. Yeah. And That's what we've lo heard. and behold, they tend to skew towards Biden. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So. Um, this is going to be this is going to be tough, but if we get to inauguration day, and we inaugurate an illegal and illegitimate president, in the eyes of the public and based on the evidence, this is not going to be a pretty four years. Uh, and this whole idea, well, it's like we'll fix it later. Or it's like no, 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 no. I think what's happened here is is we've lost our soul in this country, at least part of it where the media, the anti-Trump media, the Democrat Party, they've made this Mephistophelian bargain, right? It's like, hey, ends justify the right. means. Yeah. They hate Trump more than they love this country. It's like, yeah, we'll do what we need to. We're going we're gonna to implement this strategy of stuff in the ballot box by any means necessary, even if it bends and breaks the law. And the, the anti-Trump media is going along with that for the same set of reasons and emotions we that are driving. We saw this pattern in Russia. We've we saw seen it. this. Ukraine and, impeachment. And yeah. There's no, and there's kind of like the broken window theory here too, because they're getting away with it. I mean, and then the, you got the censoring social media. I mean, yeah. what is this? Like, like these guys, they got these bots now. It's like within a nanosecond, if you, if you tweet something yep. that says election in it, up pops a Twitter yeah. warning. It's like, what is that all about? Yeah. And YouTube's taking down videos. They are. They're deplatforming people outright. I they mean, are. what country, what country do we live in here? Yeah. And Facebook's hiring Chinese communist citizens yeah. to be part of their censorship team. Yeah, it's remarkable. So, and you think about what happened if you go into that last month when all the Hunter Biden stories were censored, and then we get out of the election, you find out. While that was being censored, there was a legitimate Justice Department investigation going on, and we couldn't tell that story because Facebook and Twitter were saying, and Jack Dorsey can say after, oh, it was a mistake. It was more than a mistake. It was an infringement of our it, free speech rights. And it, it was a conscious effort yeah. to, to quiet us. Yeah. And again, what, you know, what country do we live in here? We're supposed that to be America, question. free yeah. expression, right? Yep. First Amendment rights. Yeah. Do this responsibly and you yeah. should be heard. We yeah. do this responsibly. I mean, you're one of the best reporters there. Is you triple source everything. Yeah. From my point of view, what I do is, is I do the clean research. Interestingly, nobody ever like challenges me on the facts. I oh, mean, yeah. they, they haven't come out nope. and challenged me. When I wrote my, my book, The Coming China Wars, in 2006, well, well researched, well footnoted. Right. You know, so the only thing they could say is he's a crazy China hawk. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yep. Guess what? Today, that yeah. book reads just like a government report, it does. number one. And number two, on page 150 of the paperback edition, it says China, communist China, is going to create 
a global pandemic that could possibly kill millions. I think right? we just experienced that firsthand. Yes. And I think uh, Joe Biden sings from that book a lot more than he did four or five years ago. He sounds much more like the China Hawks of uh, 2005 than he did uh, a few years ago. As you look at this, uh, wherever Trump v. Biden ends up, wherever the Georgia Senate race is, there are all these issues that have to be resolved. Uh, when uh, Jesse Jacob, the poll worker in Detroit, said, listen, for 30 days, someone instructed me to keep changing ballots and dates and manipulating the ballots. How do we build a system going forward that whatever happened in this, we get the right resources, the right eyes on this so that cheating and ballot stuffing can't occur going forward? John, I, I don't think we can fix it if we don't fix it before the inauguration day. Wow. I, yeah. I really don't. Because if it's sanctioned, um, it goes the, on forever. Horses out of the barn. I yeah. mean, the the, the 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 report, the Immaculate Deception report. I call it the Navarro report because I'm a private citizen doing it. The granularity of that shows the complexity of all the different things that, that have been done to yeah. do this. Yeah. And I, you, you, it's like going to be whack-a-mole. And if we don't put a stop to that. And have a come to Jesus moment about what the soul of this country is supposed to be. I, I, I believe that 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 we will not have a democratic system that's going to function. It's wow. going to be as simple as that. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's it's grim. It, it but is we can a... be. We can. We can. We got. We got. Still got a month. Yeah. Here. What's the most important thing? What's a, when you look, we got a minute left. What, what's the most important thing for the Trump team to accomplish between now and you know, uh, just after Christmas? What can they do to score a win that slows the momentum down for Joe Biden? Raise, raise public awareness so that there's enough pressure in Arizona and Georgia, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania for their state legislatures to act. I mean, we had uh, just today in Georgia... Uh, a report came out from the one of the, the, the key legislators. Yep. I mean, it was it was a microcosm of my report. It was. I mean, it just yeah. it went. I read that report. And I went down my report. Check, 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 check. Yep, 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 yep. Got it. Yeah, right. That is. That's what we need to do. Yep. Get we the public get, informed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt. And then those all makers will set up. The best well, we saw our here. first subpoenas last week. Michigan issued some yeah. subpoenas. You're seeing some activity in Georgia, actually in Arizona, where they're challenging in the courts. There's some things on the horizon we're all going to be watching for. Folks, to stay on top of this story, to learn more about Peter's report, go to Real America's Voice and justthenews.com. We keep you up to date all the time on the election integrity issues left over from our 2020 race. Thanks to John Solomon for that great interview with Peter Navarro. And thanks to you for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, the uncensored and undaunted Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth. Merry Christmas.